0: Welcome to the Self-Care with Marissa Raider Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and I am a certified life coach and self-care expert. I'm making it my mission to help busy women build a self-care-centered lifestyle because self-care is so much more than just pampering yourself. Society leads us to believe that basic rights like taking a warm bath or having our hair done is self-care, but I'm here to change that narrative. I'm going to teach you how I went from overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and burned out on life to thriving and loving the life I'm building. And it all started with making a commitment to myself. So what do you say? Are you ready to commit to your own personal development journey? Let me lead you to the path of happiness and contentment. That's right, the one that leads you to a life you truly love. Let's get started. Welcome back to another interview on self-care with me, your host, Marissa Rader. And I say this every week, but I have a special treat for you. And her name is Jen and she is more than just a friend or one of my Instagram besties that I've met over the internet and never formally met in person, but she is an integral part of the nourishment haven and how we are growing our business. And so I'm going to let Jen introduce herself to you.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Anzea. I am a Facebook ad strategist. I work with Marissa and Jordan, and I love it. I am a teacher. I am in the classroom two days a week right now, and I have two little ones at home, um, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a a one-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, I keep forgetting that they're growing up so quickly, and I live in Ontario, Canada. I don't know what else you want to know about me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. So needless to say, she's a busy mom. She is a teacher. And she's growing her own business and and she's happy, you guys. <laughs> That's the secret. That's why she's on the podcast today because she's doing all of these things and she's still happy and living life and enjoying her family. So tell us a little bit. First, tell us a little bit about how you are growing your business while doing all of these
1: things. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I... <sighs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> um okay, so I actually feel like my business is the main reason why I'm able to do everything and like keep this balanced life and stay happy because with two kids, I when I my first was born when my son was born, it hit me really hard. Motherhood hit me really hard and I felt really lost and really like hopeless. And so Focusing on my business and growing my business is really what got me through that hard time and has allowed me to have this balanced, happy life where I can be a really good mom, but also be growing my business. Throw in the two days of teaching, and that might be just me being crazy human, but uh, I do love teaching too. So growing my business, I work with teacherpreneurs, mostly who have courses and coaching programs or, and people who are like out of the classroom now. So just like you, Marissa, you left the classroom and um, yeah, that's my like happy place is in all the data and growing email lists. I really love doing that. It's such a weird thing to say. I love doing, but um, yeah. And I just like lean into these things that make me really happy. Uh, I love that. And
0: so teaching obviously first passion you mentioned that you're still going into the classroom two days a week because you love teaching, but you just felt like something was kind of missing. And after you had your son, you were like, oh, I want to help teachers who run businesses do this. And I just think that's amazing that you have built a life that allows you to do all the things that you love doing. You didn't think you needed to go all in on any one thing to make yourself happy.
1: Yeah, I. I'm really fortunate being in Canada, we get a year off and I always dreamed of being a stay-at-home mom <laughs> and then it happened and I was miserable, which is like thinking back to how long I dreamed dreamed of being home with my son and like getting to, to live that perfect life and then how miserable I was. It just, it's a little bit heartbreaking for me, I guess. But when I found my, like refound my business and dove into it because I've, was a TPT seller for, which is teachers pay teachers. I'm not sure how many of your audience is uh, teachers, but, um, so I had a TPT store since 2013 and I kind of just let it go and whatever. And then when my son was born, that was really what I jumped back into was selling there and updating my store and everything. And it gave me something for me. And I think that that was a big piece that was missing of that stay at home life that I didn't have was I didn't have anything for me and I didn't have that balance. And so growing my business since then has just been about being able to carve out a bit of like me time. And I'm shocked and amazed every day at what just a little bit of me time has actually allowed that I can be in the classroom a couple of days a week. I can have afternoons with my kids and I also can look at spreadsheets like a total data nerd and enjoy that as well.
0: I love it. I seriously love it. You are one of my favorite humans. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to proclaim that now. Like Oh my gosh, I we had a similar dream though. And when motherhood doesn't kind of go the way you pictured it in your head, you feel like a failure. And I we've had oh, this I'm conversation getting... before, so I know that you felt the same way, but it hits hard, and it hits different than other failures because you're like, this is what my purpose in life was: was to bring tiny humans into the world, make them great people, and love them. And then it didn't go as according to plan, and you're like, now what? I've got a lot of life left to live, and it's a long life to not to not like what I'm doing. Even though you like being a mom and you you love your kids, it is like a a different kind of feeling, and I don't, I still don't know how to describe it to people.
1: It's a little bit soul sucking when it's all that you do, when all you're doing, or at least when I found when all I was doing was being a mom, I felt like I, like, I just felt lost. And I it took me a really long time to figure out where Gen Zaya had gone and how to be a mom at the same time. Yeah, I really, yeah. like, I really struggle with it. And to com- compound that when I was in university, I took a women studies course and there was one time in there that the prof one class the, she spent the entire class basically telling us how we didn't have to be stay at home moms and i left that class crying because my like life dream at that point i was 19 20 i don't remember but my life dream at that point was to be a stay at home mom which seems like a crazy dream i always wanted to be a teacher but then when i had kids i could stay home for like, well, they were home. And then once they went to school, I would go back to school and continue my teaching. And so I left that university class, like crying so devastated because the whole class was about how, just because you're a woman doesn't need to be mean you need to be a stay-at-home mom. And then when I got that chance, I was off on maternity leave and I was a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> I hated it. I felt like there was just this, like my world was collapsing everything I'd always imagined wasn't happening and it was it was heartbreaking it was so heartbreaking so yeah it took a long like road to figure out what I needed and how I could stay true to myself but then also be the mom that my kids deserve
0: oh I love that because honestly that's just what what we all want right (laughs) That's what we're what we're searching for. And and everybody thinks it's like a destination. So like, oh, I've got I've gotten it. I'm there now. So now life's gonna be the way I imagine. But it throws curveballs. I mean, obviously. Um, how do you handle those when they get thrown at you? Uh
1: wine. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? No. Um so going back to school this year. So like I said, I was off on maternity leave and Um, this September, I went back to the classroom two days a week. And in preparation for that, like I gave myself time and space to feel all of the feels. I think that was really important and went into it knowing that it was going to be a transition for us. And I know you can't always predict when transitions are coming and when changes in schedules have to happen, but at least for this one, we were able to. And so both my husband and I were able to kind of move and ebb and flow to make it work and to continue working. Um, and we also like my kids are at my in-laws right now. So we have a support team in place. That means that my husband and I aren't the only ones that are doing everything. We have people that are helping us. And I don't think we could keep all of the balls juggling if that weren't the case either. Like you need a team, you need people.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you mentioned that because a lot of us are scared to ask for help or we are afraid that, you know, if we let someone else help us, that that means less of us and who we are as parents, but they, they say it takes a village for a reason. Like They are not lying.
1: It might like make my husband's head explode. If, um, If he heard me saying, like, I can't do it alone, because that has been a huge, huge part of the journey for me of asking for help and wanting help and um, accepting help, whether or not I feel like I need it, but just accepting it that people are offering it and they're not doing it to like crush me as a human and say, you can't do it. Let us help. It's because it does take a journey, like a, a village, it does take a lot of people to raise children and to make like everything function the way it's supposed to function and happily and so that everybody can succeed.
0: Yes, exactly. Oh, I love that. And just because you work with business owners and you are a part of a lot of business owners teams, you kind of do that in in your business. Like you teach us how to ask for help and how to accept it. And to, you know, it's hard to give your baby to somebody else and be like, okay, here you go. And so I just think that that's, it's coming full circle that you, you do that for other people in such a natural way too. So I love that.
1: I think because Facebook ads are so overwhelming to so many people that it's, it's one of the things that is easier for people to hand off is they're like, I don't get this at all here. Take it. But you're right. It is a piece of somebody's business that they're passing off and they have to trust me with it. And our bait, our businesses are like our babies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And Facebook ads, people who are listening. I know you think your phones are listening to you and that's how how you're seeing the ads on Instagram and Facebook, but Jen will be the first to tell you it's not, there's an entire science behind it. So, um, just know she's a wizard, (laughs) literally like a Facebook ad genius. And so she, she's the reason why you're seeing our ads the way you are.
1: (laughs) I recently was told that you have to, your elevator pitch Should start with a question. And so my question is now, you know how you Google yoga pants and all of a sudden all you're seeing is yoga pants? I'm the one that makes that happen.
0: Yes, I love that. (laughs) Because you are. That sums it up perfectly. It's not, it's not big tech listening
1: in onto into all your conversations. No. (laughs) What are you searching? What are you looking for? What groups are you participating in? Um, What are, what are all the little tiny pieces of your interests that are, are popping out? And uh, there might be a little bit of not listening. That's not where it's coming from, but (laughs) Like the words you're typing, like, what are you Googling? And Google is definitely taking what you're Googling and using that to help them understand your interests and stuff. I don't do any Google ads though. So I don't really know too much about their algorithm, but um, with Facebook, there is like what kind of groups you're part of and the posts that you like and all of those different pieces do factor into it. Yes. And I'm, my knowledge, no actual listening. (laughs)
0: I appreciate the fact that you are kind of a data nerd too because that is my least favorite part. I'm like learning to macrame keychains and fun things like that because that's the part of stuff I like to do is the creative part. And so I like create things and then hand it to you and say, "Ta-da, do something with it please and then tell me if it's working." <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I love spreadsheets, right? Like it just, it's totally my happy place, figuring out formulas and linking the different pages and looking at the data and knowing, okay, this is going up or this is going down. And I think that that's a huge part of happiness in a business is figuring out what part you enjoy and then doing more of it. Yeah. And not, I mean, at first when your baby's like a little tiny business, you have to do all of the pieces, but as it grows, accepting that you need to release some of those pieces that you don't like. And if spreadsheets aren't making you happy, like they are me, then finding somebody that does enjoy it or finding somebody that does enjoy that the creative piece or the graphics or whatever it is that just doesn't light you up, you shouldn't be doing because you can't be happy if you're constantly like, Oh now I have to do this. And it's the worst thing in the world. And I just don't want to do it. And it sits on your to-do list for three weeks because you just don't want to do it it's time to let it go because that you can't be happy if that's weighing over you.
0: Oh, I agree. And that's one of the things that um, even for my listeners that aren't business owners, we, you know, with my clients and stuff, we talk a lot about self-knowledge and self-love and just really knowing what you stand for, what your passions are, you know, are you in a job that seems like a dead end, or are you in a job that is causing you so much stress that it's affecting every other aspect of your life and how to step back and look at that and things. And so I love that you have been able to, to do that on your own, because a lot of people just think this is just the way it has to be. And they're not they they don't even consider taking that step back and looking at what it is that they actually enjoy that will make them happy and then building something around that which i think is
1: amazing that that's what you've done it, the i what that makes me think of is my teaching two days a week teaching is the kind of thing for me that i forget i have to go pee i forget i have a headache if i'm sick it goes away like i just get so in the zone when i'm teaching a class and i could I could just do it all the time. I've said more than once I would teach for free. Like I love it so much. And so as I've been growing this business and leaning more into it, And I'm really loving and enjoying it. I always knew that I wanted teaching to still be part. And so I'm really, really lucky that my employer offers the ability for me to go back two days a week and then be on a a three-day-a-week leave of absence. And so I can do both because it's just such a huge part of my life that I love. But then I am also have kids that I want to spend the time with. And I'm loving my spreadsheets. (laughs) I want to be able to do that as well, right? So I think that that's something people need to keep in mind is maybe your employer has some sort of alternative work schedule or a leave of absence that you can take if it still lights you up and help it to balance out everything. Yes, absolutely. No, I completely
0: agree and. And for me, what I found was that I loved teaching, and I had the same thing that it was, you know, my headaches went away. I would have no idea when the last time I ate was, or you know, which turned out to be not the healthiest thing in in the long oh. run. And so doing that full time was not 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 a good, not a good path for myself. But I was able to take it and translate it into something else. I could take all of the pieces about teaching that I love and I could put it into something else that I could do and create and build. And it just comes back to that, that self-knowledge and really knowing what lights you up and what brings you happiness, because a lot of us think things make us happy, but it's like short-term happiness. It's not that sustainable, lifelong happiness. And I think you found it. I really do.
1: Well, (laughs) right now. Like I said, life ebbs and flows, right? And yeah. I, I know we're in a good spot right now, but I also know that something's going to happen, right? And who knows what that something's going to be, but that it's going to be hard again. And I think leaning into the, the good parts of life, even when you're going through a challenge, can help because it can help you to see the light when everything feels dark is if you're have even one little tiny piece. And this is what got me out of the misery that I was in the first six months of my son being born was just a little, there was a little tiny bit of light and, and then a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And suddenly I went from questioning if I would ever like my son, which is a really heartbreaking thing to say out loud, especially knowing that other people are going to listen to it, but, um, questioning if I would ever even like my son to actually enjoying being a mom and my son and falling in love with him. Finally, I knew, I always knew it would happen, but <laughs> didn't think it would take as long as it did. And just like, but that that little tiny bit of light is what it took. And so in those dark times, knowing there is good ahead. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Yes. It makes my rambling. No, no, you're not. It makes complete sense. And I love the way that you described that, that it just takes a little bit of light and then that light spreads and then, and then it gets a little bigger. And then before you know it, you are building your life around this giant light that's way harder to put out Mm -hmm. than when you keep it small. And so we have to remember to let that, to let it grow and not, not try to keep it, keep it tiny and only a small portion of our life because then it can't grow and it can't become sustainable on its own. So I love Mm -hmm. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what, that's my biggest like takeaway is leaning in to what brings you joy and leaning into what is work, whether it's in your business or your personal life of leaning into those moments. And then what isn't trying to figure out how to get away from it. So, over the summer, I realized I was spending a lot of time on social media and it was taking away from my kids. And they would be like playing there by themselves, happy. And then they would want my attention. But I was so sucked into my phone that I wasn't even noticing that they were trying to get my attention until they were like at me, like pulling on me, like mama, mama, mama. Like, how long had they been doing that for? I have no idea. So, I went through like a whole detox and I just stopped. And now, I've realized like how little joy that was bringing to the point where when I'm scrolling on Facebook, even if it's just for like two minutes and I'm like, that's not how you want to spend your time. My kids aren't around. I'm like, "So I'm supposed to be doing business work and it's definitely starts out as business. And then all of a sudden it turns into just mindless scrolling. And I'm just reminding myself like, this isn't bringing you joy. This isn't getting you closer to what you want. This isn't. This isn't how you want to be spending your time. And it's just those little that mindset shift of pushing away what isn't what I want and leaning into what I do want and how I do want to spend my time. And yeah.
0: Yes. I love that. And I think that's definitely something that we can all relate to every one of us. All right. So where can my friends find you on, on social media? Cause you hang out there a lot. I hear. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm at Hey, it's Jen And I will just let you put that in the show notes instead of yeah. spelling. It out. But Hey, it's Jen And there's some mama stuff. There's some Facebook ad stuff. There's some us wandering in the woods stuff because we do that a lot. So yeah, that's probably the best place. Uh, send me a DM or comment or whatever. Yeah. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, we will link everything in the show notes so that they can come and find you. And thank you for being such a great friend and a great piece of our business, because we definitely could not do things without you. So thank you so much for being here today. And we will chat again soon.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. Tune in again next week. We are going to have another guest on the podcast and... I cannot wait for you to meet her as well. Gina is a special friend of mine. You may have you may remember me mentioning her in a previous episode with Illicit Ice Cream Sandwiches. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and, and give it a listen. But she is coming on and she's going to share with you about how she flipped her life upside down in about a seven day period and how she is all the wiser and happier because of it. So come back next week and I will be here cheering you on. That's it for this week's episode of Self-Care with Marissa Rader. Thank you for joining me. And listen, if you enjoyed it and think your BFF or any other woman you know might benefit from it, send them a link. Share this episode or screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag me at marissa.rader. And hey, if you haven't already, come hang out with me on the gram where I share all things building a life you truly love in order to help you be the best version of yourself. Until next week, I will be here cheering you on.